Welcome to another Art of Relationships podcast. We are grateful for listeners like you. Let's get right into it. Again, welcome to another uh, Art of Relationships podcast. Lisa, it's fun to do these together. Hey, good to see you again. Yeah, again. <laughs> As always. Yeah, and so one of the great opportunities that we have during this time, Lisa, is to talk with uh, guests and others who uh, have their heart, passion, and life ministry involved in, in working with couples. And this couple with us today is Bill and Pam Farrell. You guys, welcome to our uh podcast oh so fun to be here so fun to be back at viola it's a privilege i'm a mater yeah it's a great place isn't it and they're the sponsor of this as well and um least tell them a little bit about the ferals right quick and then you know what we want to do is as we introduce you we want to talk some about intimacy in marriage mm -hmm. I, I think intimacy in marriage uh, they're all tied in, right? If spiritual intimacy is good, so is your probably emotional intimacy, and therefore so is your physical intimacy. They're all connected. And let's let's hit those today a little bit, Lise. Yeah, so we want you to get to know a little bit about Bill and Pam Farrell. If you are not familiar, I can't imagine if you're not familiar with them. But uh, Bill and Pam have been married for 44 wow. years. Mm -hmm. Yay, good 44 years. good years. Fortunately, it doesn't feel that long. That's right. Yeah, that's we have a friend that says they've been married, for instance, they would say, he would say, yeah, we've been married 44 years, and it feels like 44 minutes underwater. <laughs> and then his wife probably hits him. <laughs> that's terrible. Anyway, uh, you've been married 44 years. You've authored 59 books. How do you have time to write 59 books? That's incredible. Do them one at a time. And you know, when you're married to a pastor of a small church, it's called the tennis shoes need bought. So you like, you write, you write, you write as God gives you the ideas. Amen. Provides. Well, we are thrilled you have had just an incredible ministry for marriage, for families over the years, your own beautiful family. And we really wanted to have you come in today because you have a particular book that we were very interested in talking with you about during February, obviously Valentine's, and it is called Red Hot monogamy making your marriage sizzle okay so what yeah what's that sound effect one more time so i have to ask you what's your personal story behind this why did you write this book it's like such a fun book so we were celebrating our 25th wedding anniversary and um our friend anita renfro um she's probably she's been on good morning america and she's epic as far as a comedian and does music very funny lady very funny so she, she we brought her for our 25th like dinner dance celebration and so she got up and she's like but, and we we had been working on this book and we knew we wanted to add a book on marital intimacy to our repertoire we just signed a contract to write a book about sex and a little bit of it was out of frustration because we're really frustrated with the view of sex that the world tends to have and how many people get hurt by it and we tend to devalue those who are committed to marriage. You know, they have one sexual partner, and and they're working on their sexual relationship with one another. And if the, those people don't talk about it, you know, the people who have a great sex life in marriage, they don't they don't go to all their friends and say, you know what I'm doing. They're just content. <laughs> so we want to get the message out, but we didn't have a title. Yeah. So Anita gets up and she's like, hey y'all. 
we're here to celebrate Pam and Bill's righteous red hot monogamy. <laughs> and all of our friends were sitting like with us at the table and they're like, that's a great title. And Anita heard it. She's like, you can use that friend. And so we did. And then our oldest son, we'd asked him to say grace over the meal. So he got up front and he said, hello, my name is Brock Farrell and I'm the first product of my parents' righteous red hot monogamy. <laughs> You know, people are like, so how do we know, Bill and Pam, that your marriage is red hot? I mean, it's not like we're going to invite you over, you know, put chairs in front of our bedroom window and open up the screen. No, we're not going to do that. And so um, there's a story that happened that same year um, was when Brock uh, was dating and headed into engagement with Hannah. And they met because um, I did a book signing in her parents' Christian bookstore. Then they were both at Liberty University and um, they got introduced. So yeah, we're all into arranged marriages. Just kidding, just kidding. Um, anyway, so um, they were, we were all in town for this Christian book signing thing. And um, so we all went to dinner together, but then I, we had some interviews like this that we had to do. So we took off to go change our clothes and Brock was staying um, to do some fun activities. And then it started raining as he walks from Hannah to her hotel with her parents. He walks across downtown Atlanta. He's just soaking wet by the time he gets to our uh, the hotel where we're staying he walks up he sees on our door it says do not disturb and i hear him say are you kidding me i'm like soaking wet here and look what my parents are doing and i just opened the door started laughing i'm like thank you so much brock for that compliment that you and your 21 uh you know uh year old mind thought what your parents were doing wednesday at two o'clock was red hot monogamy thank you for that compliment Oh, I'm sorry. I wasn't even in the room. That's so funny. That's that's what Yeah, the story. last thing your 21 year old wants to think about right, is, exactly. is your parents' red <laughs> hot monogamy. Well, yeah. so then you guys found the title. You knew you were you had already signed a de- a book deal. Yeah, harvest. Um, yeah. So now, of course, you've had lots of experience in life as far as marriage as far as monogamy and as far as um, the good and the bad, what stood out to you? What, what was your intent in the book? Because I'm assuming it was to, it's both to hit, and, and I know it is, how to increase, how to keep, and how to make your physical sexual intimacy continue to be strong, but there's a bunch of issues that you have to overcome as well. So how to fan the flame on your romance? Yeah, yeah that really is. It starts with yeah, with and the flame could be pretty small. What what are, what causes the flame in marriage to go down that you guys are trying to fan? What were some of the biggest things that you found on a very practical level? Like I, in my opinion, the biggest obstacle to intimacy is responsibility. And every year, adults add responsibility to their life, and you know, 15, 20 years into marriage, it, it's not that they didn't want to stay intimate. It just, it got run over by responsibility. Like roles, like jobs, like... Like being too like busy. Kids. Busyness, <laughs> kids, right? Yeah, and, and community involvement, and like a lot Watching of good TV. stuff. And, and so we have to find a way to interrupt that trend. If we want to have, like if you want to have a, a few years in marriage of good sex, it doesn't take all that much. If you want to have a lifetime of good intimacy, you have to raise your game. So like one of the things Pam and I asked early on is, okay, how much time is it going to take for us to stay connected to each other in the midst of a busy life? And so we came up with an acrostic on time to remind us 
of what it takes. So, right. how much time does it take to have so T-I-M-E. Let's yeah. go. So What's the T? It's really a reminder for me than anything else. It's 10 or 20 minutes a day to check in because that's generally the first thing that goes. You know, I got this, 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 this. I'm exhausted. I go to bed. And so I had to train myself every day. I'm going to check in with Pam to just find out how's she doing? You know, what happened that frustrated her? What happened that brought joy to her life? And how can I be praying for her? And vice versa. You know, because we women are more likely to say yes to our mate when he's interested in us um, sexually if we feel like he's in our world, you know, connected to our heart. And um, like we tell uh, young people like in newlyweds all the time, um, if you give your man your body, he'll give you his heart. And if you... As a man, if you give your wife your heart, she'll want to give you her body. Right. That's great. Yeah, and we tend to come at it differently. So as men, you know, I, I think all of us need to be reminded, you, your wife loves to interact with you verbally. So 10 or 20 minutes a day just to check in. It's not, it's not problem solving. It's not asking, what, you know, what did the kids do that I need to address? Yeah, it's how are you and what, what made you smile? What made you frustrated? So that we're connecting on a daily basis. And Pam knows, oh, he's busy, but he's interested. And then I is for invest in a weekly date night. It doesn't have to be at night either. Ours actually, because in the ministry was at breakfast um, oftentimes. And, um, and we found really that we needed two times. Um, because oftentimes you'll go on a date, like we went on this anniversary date, and it was San Diego Bay, and there's lights, and there's music, and there's dancing. It's so romantic for us, not romantic for the couple sitting next to us. They started talking about problems with the cars, problems with the kids, problems with the IRS. Oh, they were no. yelling at each other, and finally the woman started crying. She's like, we can't talk like this. This is our anniversary. So they just quit talking. Oh. Two hours, silent held captive on a boat, and our hearts broke for them because the busyness of life had just pulled them apart. And so Bill and I found that for us, if we had a date night on Thursday night that was all romantic, um, and we talked about each other, um, and then we set aside Monday, our Monday morning marriage meetup. We actually have a set of books now called The Marriage Meetup that's a devotional planner for couples that want um, productivity and passion and, you know, purpose in their marriage. So we saw, you know, let's separate them out. Our business meeting one time and our romance the other time. Oh, that's and a that's good idea. that's where we talk about finances and kids and schedules and what problems we need to overcome. Because those things are part of intimacy too. You know, the thing about marriage is you merge your whole life together. So if you're, if you're intimate on your finances, you're intimate in your scheduling, you're intimate in your decision-making, it's easier to be physically intimate. But it, we found it just much better to have two separate times that we would do that because then our Thursday night would just be more like, you know, roses and romance and nice dinners and lovely walks and talks. And Chris, I don't know about you, but when I was thinking about marrying Pam, I didn't look at her and go, man, that's a woman I could work with for the rest of my life. <laughs> I want to get really busy with her. You know, I want to load up with responsibility with her. Like, yeah, I want to pay a Southern not... California mortgage with that girl. Yeah, yeah. That's what I, right, though. I love the way this woman interrupts my life. And that's what dating does is it keeps, it keeps you interrupting each other's lives with the personality that you fell in love with. Oh, that's mm. great advice. I love that. And then M is monthly getaway. Um, and we say monthly getaway, um, meaning a long period of time. So that might be the time you get the babysitter. You know, you don't always on the date nights, you don't have to go out, you know, to date on those weekly times. We did a lot of our dates 
um, at home. And we just trained our little ones that, okay, Thursday night's mom and dad time. And so you have this Thursday night, you know, box of toys you can only play with on Thursday nights. And you can stay up as long as you want, but you have to stay on your bed. If you get off, no more toys. And you know what? They were so cooperative and they would just fall to sleep naturally. Um, and we all had a good time. They had a good time in their room. We had a good time. And when they got to be teenagers, they're like, oh, that's what you were doing? <laughs> Another victory. <laughs> oh, no. But the monthly getaway is long enough so you can connect emotionally and have time for red-hot monogamy as well. So it's kind of like light at the end of your And again, speaking to the men, like you, you ladies have an incredible gift that you connect all of your life. So over time, your life gets bigger. And the bigger your life gets in your soul, the smaller we are in that, in that picture. So when you get away for six to eight hours, it shrinks your world back down, and it reminds you of what you have as a couple. And sometimes, you know, sometimes you have to be very proactive to get this. You know, so we are at the stage of life when our kids were in what I call the oasis stage. They're out of preschool, um, but nobody's in uh, high school with a bad attitude. So they like think your ideas are good, okay? So that's the age of our kids. And I look at, and we're writing, we're speaking. I'm a director of women's ministry, Bill's the, a pastor. And so we're just like zooming by each other. And a bunch of our congregation's crises had interrupted our last few dates. And so I looked down and I'm like, wow, I think the next 90 minutes might be it for two weeks. And so wow, we need to maximize this 90 minutes. So I call the kids in the backyard as I hear Bill's car pull into the driveway. I'm like, guys, see this penny bank? It has X amount of dollars in here and dimes, quarters, pennies, and nickels, and you can have it all. And then I broke it and shook it into the ice plant. So, but nobody can come into the house until this much money is added up. And then I tuck uh, a quarter in the pocket and I walk in the house. You know, they had fun. They got their treasure. <laughs> we got our treasure too. Desperate <laughs> Did women they ever do desperate. figure it out? You had the last piece of the puzzle, so oh, to speak. Oh my goodness, not for years later. Mom. It was the best thing ice plant and change it works great <laughs> and then the e stands for escape yearly like you really do need to get away from your responsibility um a lot of people say we don't have time or money to do that and i agree we've never had the time or money to do it but we've always had the need to make it happen all i, all I know is divorce costs a lot more than a marriage conference Amen. and you know um, you speak at all kinds of marriage conferences. We speak at marriage conferences. You know, just find two or three authors that you like. And once a year, go get new tools in your toolbox. And then we also encourage once a year to go away 24, 48 hours and just sleep when you're tired, eat when you're hungry, and have red-hot monogamy in between. woo Just so you know, like tonight, we're going to a hotel. So we practice what we preach, okay? There you go. Uh, I love that. Good. And what we have discovered is when we stay disciplined with we keep putting time into our relationship we rediscover each other and the interest comes back if we ignore that that habit then life takes over and everything else seems so important and we start to assume well she loves me she'll stay you know, she'll stay at it she'll stay committed and, and we just erode the thing we love about our relationship mm -hmm. uh, yeah, um, you know I hear from a lot of younger people and from a lot of experts out there that social media technology has really, you know, come in and caused all of, you know, or it's causing people to disconnect. They're, they're constantly on their phone. You know, you sit next to somebody at a restaurant like you all did. And if they're not fighting, they're quiet. And if they're quiet, it's usually because they're on their own phones right. together. 
But it, but I would speculate that in reality, this is no different than it's been, you know, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 50 and 100 years ago. There's yep. always something to captivate us. Yep. And we're always going to have the problem of thinking, well, this is a little bit more accessible, me holding my phone right now. But, and to some extent, they're right, it, the, the ease of everything held in this little device, you know, have everything there. But in reality, we always have to make choices. We're always distracted. It, back then, I imagine it was radio programs, and then, then all of a sudden, TV. TV with only three channels, but you had to be there at a certain time. <laughs> you, know, you, you couldn't you, know, record it. You couldn't record it. But it, it, it's always going to be something. So this still applies, doesn't yeah. it? Uh, that when you're an acronym of time, which I think is wonderful, it also means that not only it also means a disconnect from the things the responsibilities or pleasures that are over to this side it's it's part of that as well isn't it you you take time to disconnect to reconnect right exactly and you know um we encourage couples if you want a red hot relationship you have to be proactive about it and so that's why we have at the end of every chapter there's um conversation questions um and then hands-on homework yeah pun totally intended on this one homework you want to do um because there's a study you know many studies out there that those who talk about their sex life actually be about their sex life and so one of the best things you can do is say okay red out monogamy this book's eight eight chapters let's take the next eight weeks and do it together as a couple and let's be proactive and invest in our love life the next eight weeks and one of the things pam and i have done as part of our anniversary is is we have a very honest conversation with each other what do you like in our intimate life what did you not necessarily enjoy in our inner intimate life and yeah and how, how do you want to like walk through our intimate life this coming year and, you know, when we were first married, that was just like curious, like, oh, this would be fun to just talk about. Over the years, it's become very strategic, you know, because as, as life goes on, your intimate life changes. And it you have to integrate a lot more into your intimate life as you age than you did when you were young. So because we've talked about it, we've been able to adjust our intimate life with each other and continue to enjoy each other without the, like, like we don't have the expectations on each other today that we had at 30 because we're different. When people hear this, why? Uh, what percent say we just don't talk about sex? This is hard. This is difficult. What percent of couples that you interact with would say uh, there is? We just don't. It's too embarrassing and awkward. Or they just think it's supposed to be magical, like you're supposed to read my mind. And you're supposed to yeah. know. Yeah, you're supposed to know, yeah. and if you don't know, then you don't love me. So it's like setting up for failure because we need to express what we love, and it's always good to. Uh, express in thanks and gratefulness like oh i love it when you do this oh i love it when you do that um rather than critical critical because that will like push your spouse away you know but if you start by warming up the conversation with oh i love it when you say this or when you do that um and that's why i put those questions in there because for most people it is not as easy to talk about yeah. as they would think it should be no i love yeah. that that you have questions on there you know we uh through our center here the center for marriage and relationships at biola university one thing we do is we provide premarital and pre-engagement small groups Perfect. so they go through like a nine-week curriculum with our marriage and family therapist on staff with us here and one of the things that she does on one of the weeks the topic is sexual intimacy and one of the things she has them do is she has a list of anatomical 
terms, sexual intimacy intercourse terms, and she has them practice reading those terms out loud to each other so that they can get used to talking about this. They can become more comfortable that it's not like, oh my gosh, I don't think I can say the word penis in front of you. Oh no. You know, it's like, oh my gosh. And I can imagine, I remember being young and, and not married yet. There's no way I would have said the word penis to you. Now I've had kids, I've had boys, we've been married 36 years. It can roll off my tongue or and the it's word okay. Orgasm. Like, or, that's or, a good thing. Yeah. God created it. It's like, woohoo, he created this wonderful gift. It's lovely when we prioritize the gift in our marriage. And Chris, you asked the question, you know, how many couples? Um, I, I wish I had an empirical study to quote. So I, all I can do is give you my impression. Yeah. Like when we do a, a seminar, my impression is about 20% of the people in the audience have been courageous enough to talk about it. The other 80% it's off limits. And in the couples that I work with, I would say it's the high 90% who have been afraid to talk about this. And they haven't thought about it until I mentioned it to them. And I just, oh, you can, well, just one last thing. Every year, some young couple asks me, why are we in the Christian world so afraid to talk about this? And we shouldn't be because all the studies back up that God's principles actually create red hot monogamy. For example, um, when we were doing research for red hot monogamy, we found that couples that pray together daily have the highest uh, satisfaction in their sex life. Couples that connect emotionally, like take those prayer walks together, they have high satisfaction in their sex life. Um, couples that attend church weekly have a high rate of loving their sex life. And Bill loves this. He was small groups pastor for Dr. David Jeremiah for years. Couples that are in small groups that believe in long-lasting love mm. actually have long-lasting love and value and enjoy their sex life. So, I mean, if there's like a brochure that should go out from churches, it should be, hey, come to church on Sunday, have red hot monogamy because God's principles work. God's principles fan the flame. And what's on the opposite side? I, I, I love that, by the way, that there are these um, things that we can do, right, in creating intimacy spiritually with the other person uh, that actually increase our emotional, physical uh, intimacy. There are things that are going on and they're not new. There's nothing new under the sun yeah. today, but right. they're more accessible, they're more there that actually detract and cause issues. And there are couples and people out there listening now who go, oh, I wish we could just get there, but we are still struggling. What role, and, and what are those things? My guess is it would be, you already mentioned one, responsibilities, too busy to connect, right? Mm -hmm. uh, pornography is Huge. going to be out there. It, it has got to be, you know, one of these addictive things that are going to prevent some couples from experiencing all that God's wanted them to do within their marriage. What's the advice you would give to the couples that might be on the other the wrong end of the spectrum like they say red hot mine's not even pink bland yeah. it's not there um don't go through it alone that's our first like yeah. Get some grab help. some help right and in a general sense chris i would say what you're referring to is the expectations we've put on our relationships like like there's a certainly an addictive uh, part to pornography but there's also the it just raises the expectations. Our relationship's supposed to look like this. And it's unrealistic. Right. Because yeah. all of that has been rehearsed. It's been scripted. It's been edited. Airbrushed. And, and, and so lining up our expectations with real life. And you might need help to get there because, you know, we know having a sexually intimate relationship, it's all of the above. 
Sometimes it's incredible. It's this deep emotional connection. Sometimes it's a, a just a spectacular physical experience. Sometimes it's really awkward and like, like I didn't huh, go very was, well. What's that? And and sometimes you know you have great intentions and it doesn't happen. You end up not being physically intimate, but you end up sitting and talking for a lot longer than you'd anticipated. And we want it to be all of the above. And so what we tell couples all the time is you're unique. There's never been a couple like you. There's never going to be a couple like you again. And your intimate life is your intimate life. So design it together. Like we have 200 red hot ideas in red hot monogamy. And I always tell people, okay, each of you get a marker. You know, you can go pink and blue if you want. Um, but also a Sharpie that's black. And uh, the, the pink would be like, Wives, mark all the ones that you would like to try. Husbands, you know, blue, mark all the ones you would like to try. And then the Sharpie, yeah, never in my life. Not going to happen here. Because it's your sex life to design with God. The most amazing thing biblically to me is that there is not a long list of what's appropriate or inappropriate in marital sex. With all the pain it's created, all the disillusion it's created, you would have thought God would have given us a long list. But he didn't do that. He gave us a few principles to follow because this is a relational decision. Like we have a simple acrostic. You can say yes to that sexual activity if it meets these simple criteria. And the why is you're yielded to one another. That, that it's, it's a gift of love to one another that you're giving. You don't force each other. You don't demand. Uh, you are yielding to one another because you want this person to feel their value. And the, the E is you extend it in love. Like everything you do in the bedroom should be an expression of love to one another, which is tough in a world that shows it as a product. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you're consuming this for your own needs rather than this is a gift of love you're giving to each other. And S is you secure it with privacy. Good luck on the door and just nobody else in that relationship, just oh. you two. Wow. Like, like one of the things that energizes me when Pam and I do presentations is I walk in the room and I say, we have a secret you know nothing about. And we're not telling you. <laughs> and it, it, it raises the value of my relationship with Pam to a level that no other relationship goes. And we live in a world that's tried to expose all that and said, you don't have a secret. You just have what everybody else has. And it looks like this. And it cheapens it rather than adds value to it. Oh, that's so so what, would, what would you say to that couple that they're going through with the markers you know, yes, this would be great. Yeah, I'm not sure about that. What if there's a disagreement? What if one partner would like to try something that's kind of out of the box and the other one just completely feels uncomfortable? No, I don't like that. How do, how do they manage that? Well, first they need to pray about it to see what God says and then um, seek God's word. So sometimes there's more guidelines when you have that specific idea that you can say, okay, what's the guiding principle here from God's word? And, you know, God really does care about this area because he put a whole book in the Bible, Song of Songs or Song of Solomon. There's eight chapters um, about a real couple trying to have a real relationship, and that is beautiful. Um, and, and they that, have real joys and real struggles. Yeah. And so there's guidelines you, we can even get from the Bible on whether this is good or not. And like one of those was, you know, you should agree upon it. No one should be forced. And so if it comes right down to it, you wait until that person is ready. Or if they're never ready, you give that to God. And if you're the person holding back, you pray, Lord, is this 
me and, and like an uncomfortable area or is this you leading mm -hmm. and I want a clear call if it's just me being shy yeah I can grow through that um, if it's just me needing more information um, maybe talk to a doctor um, or even there's Christian sex therapists yes they do exist yes, they um, do. so maybe it's just finding out more help and Elisa one of the reasons why we have monogamy in the title of our book is if if we're in this for life we can give it time like, to be, just be very personal, like, if, if there are times when I have had this conversation with Pam, and I can sense, okay, Pam's uncomfortable with this. So I, I would say to Pam, can we put this on the list for next year to talk about? So now I know Pam's got a year to think about it. I know in a year we're going to be together. We're still going to be interested in each other. It's okay to bring it up. If there's, if there's the expectation, I need you to answer now, and I need to know now or I'm going to react. Now we've put so much pressure on it, we're guaranteeing a negative response. How about, how about 10 minutes? Is that too long? Like, like, I gave Lisa 10 minutes. And first Corinthians I said, Lisa, come on. You're so patient, patient, Bill. One year? I, I thought I was doing great last night. I'm like, Lisa, 10 minutes, man. Move it and shake it. One year. That's amazing. I'm sorry, Lisa. I, I apologize. I'm a little bit in faith. That's so funny. So let me ask you this. Um, what would you say, uh, there's at least statistically 25% of couples out there, one of the partners is dealing with sexual trauma in some way. Uh, there's been some kind of sexual woundedness, um, and that has a lot to do with why their monogamy is not so red hot. And it, it's it's not like they can't, it's not like they don't want to talk about it. They don't want to experience this, but that they can't. There's just a real emotional, mental, sometimes manifest in physical pain. And that's so hard for both, both, both spouses, the one that was wounded and the one that is married to the wounded. So what kind of, what encouragement or what advice would you give to that couple that's listening right now? You know, that's where it comes down to owning our issue. Like if we're the one that got wounded, then God wants us to be the one that gets healed and he will provide the person, the program, the methodology, the time, the scripture, he will send help. If we raise our white flag, like, God, I want some help here. And um, uh, we always encourage people, just like your wedding ring is multifaceted, look at your um, red hot monogamy and multifacets too, because the blockage could be coming from a lot of different areas. For example, um, we want social intimacy, financial intimacy, recreational intimacy, you know, friendship-based, vocational intimacy, parental, we need to agree upon how we're raising our kids, emotional intimacy, then sexual intimacy. Yeah, maybe one of us was wounded, and it's not always the woman nowadays. And, and then spiritual intimacy. And if we have an area of brokenness or woundedness in any of those areas, it's going to impact our red-hot monogamy. And so we always say build a strong support system. And say, okay, who's the smartest person that I know that can help with whatever that specific area is? And you, you'd go to the smartest, most affordable person that you can invest in to get help in healing. And I would just add a couple of things. One, you know, we're talking about Christian marriage here. And one of the most amazing things in the Bible is that marriage is, is related to the gospel of Jesus Christ. And the way the gospel works is your life changes in a breakthrough moment. 
And you go from being lost to being found, from being in darkness to being in light, to being an enemy of God to being God's friend. And marriage works along that same principle. Like a marriage can go from being in trouble to being doing, doing really well in a breakthrough moment. Now, getting to that breakthrough moment might take a lot of work. But for every couple out there that's struggling and you can't quite pull it together, there is a breakthrough moment for you that, that it could be not too far away that could change everything. And the other thing I would say to them is don't be afraid to get help getting to that breakthrough moment because trauma is real, but our Savior is an expert at helping people overcome trauma. And he, he's not going to take the memory away. He's just going to redeem it. Pam and I remember all of the pain we grew up around. We, we haven't forgotten it. We just saw God redeem it, turn it into a healthy relationship for us, and now a legacy of people who are walking with Jesus and having healthy relationships. Bill, it's great advice. And together, I think with Pam, both of y'all's advice is find that person that's the one who has also been called in their ministry to provide some of those redemptive moments by their background and their study and who they talk with. And they do this on a constant, regular basis. They're trained in this. They're specialized. And as you said, they love Jesus. This is their ministry, and they want to be there to help. Because God's redemption, Bill, as you said, it can take place, we're transformed. You know, our lives can go from pain to, to joy and thriving, and we can take those old things that we've had, but it takes some work sometimes. Getting and to God, the breakthrough right. moment is where all the work is. God can use a book, you know, Red yeah. God can use his word, God can use other people, and oftentimes he uses all of them to give us transformation. Lisa, I think it's just been so fun <laughs> during this, you know, season to talk about sexual intimacy. And, and Bill and Pam, you guys have done just a, an amazing job of, one, you guys are articulate, you're good at what you do, and I just love this topic of intimacy. Yeah. Do, do you have any last words of encouragement that you'd like to give our listeners? I think that we'll do something kind of fun. Um, we think that you should have some kind of a code word to express when you're interested in your spouse because, I mean, it is a gift to your marriage. It's like super glue. That's the power of sex in a relationship. It can help you get through some really tough times if you invest in it. And so we have just some fun code words like, um, you know, ours used to be you want to take a nap, but now that we're over 40, you want to take a nap actually means you want to take a nap. So, yeah, Yeah. we don't use that one anymore. We have a friend in ministry, he was in youth pastor ministry, and um, he was like, oh, wow, we're just running so fast. And responsibly had taken over their life, and he realized, you know, I've gotten really disconnected with my wife. So he set aside a whole day date, and he asked his sister to watch the kids, took her out for breakfast, realized, okay, we need to spend more time. They went to a local park with a loaf of bread. They sat at the park, and they were feeding ducks with the bread and talking and feeding ducks more and talking and feeding ducks. More. And all of a sudden, time got away from him. And he looked at me. He goes, oh, we got to go. I told my sister we'd be home. She's got to go to work tonight. So they went back to the house. He went to go check with her. She went to go check on the kids. And his sister said, so so how'd it go? He goes, we had a great day. Thank you. And we just spent time feeding ducks. She went, Oh, you were feeding the ducks. That's what they're calling it these days. (laughs) So that became their password. Hey, you want to feed some ducks? And ours is um, 
actually based on men are like waffles like spaghetti men and women we relieve stress differently um we women we talk our way through stress but guys like to go their favorite easy boxes to rest and recharge and god kind of helped us out in that most of men's recharger boxes are actually shaped like boxes um that TV screen shaped like a box, computer screen shaped like a box, a basketball court, baseball diamond, football field. Phone. Phone, all shaped like boxes. The garage shaped like a box. The bed is shaped like a box. Yes, it is. That bed box, favorite box for husbands to go to when they're stressed out. It's kind of like the bingo card, and a husband can get there from every other square square. on his waffle. So the free square on the bingo card. And so our code word is, hey, you want to play some bingo? Bingo. Slide a bingo card into the door and game on. And like we were speaking at a a conference on a um, ship, you know, a cruise, and um, this couple came running, and they had this bag for us a gift last day and we're like oh thanks and they're like open it open it and so we opened it, it was two t-shirts that the, they had bought off the backs of the rec department because all week we had seen have you been bingoed today uh, so yeah bingo yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Your sense of humor because no, part of it is, is funny lighting a candle on yeah. your side it's just like you're cleared for landing oh, that's right. side I, of the bed if has i a walk candle. in the door all i know is when elisa says hey how about that dodger game there we go there i go you had me at <laughs> the dodger the coach is waving you around third and two home play <laughs> We were speaking at a conference and we're talking about the topic of sexual intimacy and talking about code words. And this what I don't know if you remember that one couple that said their code word was boom, 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 boom. And and it just became the running joke for the rest of the conference. So so one of our favorites is some friends of ours that have a habit with their family of of doing like Like dog pile. pile on, but they call it making hamburgers. So the first person to bun, then it's a patty, and then the cheese, and then the tomato. So they, yeah, well, they came home from church one Sunday. And mom and dad are in the bedroom, you know, changing their clothes because then they're going to make some lunch for the kids. The kids are watching TV in the front room. Forgot to lock the door. Right, right. And so mom and dad kind of one thing leads to another, and they're in bed, and the kids are getting hungry. So they like, mom, dad, and they just threw the door open. And we all like wonder, oh, my goodness, how will we handle it? And so the little one said, mom and dad are making hamburger without us. Come on. So everybody dogpiled on top of that. Mom's like hanging onto the sheet. And uh, so now there's is, hey, you want hamburgers tonight for dinner? <laughs> Bring it on the Big Mac. Yeah, we, we had this Reddit church uh, who ran at our church the little kids class. I don't remember the age. And they were asking, so children, what are some rules that you have at home that you have to obey? You know, they said, well, no, we, we're called, no, we can't run in the house. And I said, no snacks before dinner. Another one said, never uh, walk into mommy and daddy's room um, when daddy's when daddy's sleeping on top, top of, of mommy. mommy. <laughs> the lady teaching knew the parents, and she said, that, "Wait, I'm sorry. Your rule is oh, ne- never rule. walk into mom and daddy's room." How do you room look at those parents when they come to pick up their kid that day at church? You're you're proud of them. That's how us guys look at. Them. We're like Chris, way to go. One of our friends was uh, using. Let's wrap some presents. But then the kids start looking for the presents, so they yeah. had to change it. Yeah. Yeah, and one woman was, like, kind of shy, and so she would just put a number, like, in the shower, how it makes the steam. She would just put a number 1 to 10, how interested she was. Like, you know, 10's like, ooh, come home at lunch, and 1's like, yeah, just go golfing after work. <laughs> 
Well, All thank you guys right. for a wonderful talk. This has been a wonderful discussion, so appropriate around Valentine's, but the wonderful thing is that it's appropriate every month of the year when you're married, right? And uh, every so week. Every, yeah, exactly. Every day. Every day should be Every 10 minutes. So, Bill, Pam, Farrell, thank you so much for being with us again. That If you are interested in picking up that book, it's called Red Hot Monogamy, Making Your Marriage Sizzle. And we hope you have a wonderful Valentine's. Yeah, we do. Thank you guys for joining us. Thank you. Joy, what a great ministry you have. May God continue to bless that. Yeah. We'll receive that. He will. Yeah, we'll see you next time on the Art of Relationships podcast. Thanks for listening to the Art of Relationships. This podcast is only made possible through generous donations from listeners just like you. If you like it and want to help keep the podcast going, visit our website at cmr.biola.edu and make a donation today.